0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Going Rounds, the official podcast of Gusto, a matter company. I'm Jeanette harris Quartz, podcast producer at Gusto and host of this podcast. Today, we've got a very special episode for all of you at home, because it's officially Pride Month. Q streamers, Hugh Glitter. Oh my God, is that RuPaul lighting fireworks? But to back it up, for those unfamiliar, Going Rounds With features people outside of Gusto that we admire and who inspire us to continue championing great work on behalf of our clients. And for this episode, we didn't have to veer too far from home by asking Blair Nodelman, a copywriter from our Matter family, to join members of our Gusto family for an episode we like to call The Pride of Our Gusto but enough from me. Let's have our guests take it from here.
1: I'm Joe Skanucki. I'm based in the Boston office, uh, but mostly remote. My pronouns are he, him, and I am a senior motion graphics designer here on the Gusto team, uh, Gusto, a matter company.
2: Hello, I'm Kyle Fanoff. Um, I'm based out of the Boston office, and I'm a motion graphic designer for Gusto, a matter company. Um, and my pronouns are
3: he, him. Uh, I'm Blair Nodelman. I'm based out of the Boston office. I'm on the matter side of things, a matter company. Uh, and I am a copywriter for, on the marketing side of a company within the creative
0: team. And my pronouns are she/they. So we're here to talk Pride because it's Pride Month. Um, and I really just wanted to give a space for us all to discuss how we go about that journey in a corporate world, which can be, have its own challenges. I just am excited to have you all here. My first question mainly is, um, how do you navigate being queer in your current work environment?
1: Uh, Here at Gusto, I've been here for just under five years. Um, For better or for worse, I am known for not always having a filter, Um, And I kind of pride myself in that uh, and the fact that, like, I feel like in a corporate space, especially in marketing, especially in the world that we find ourselves in, um, sometimes things like you don't always get them at face value. Like people aren't always blunt with you or they aren't always like ready to tell you exactly like what's going on. Um, So I love being able to just lean into myself a bit more. And I think in doing that, it kind of puts both the clients and the teams at ease because it's like, oh, this is a real, a real person I'm talking to, Um, and the fact that we work in a very inclusive and accepting space lets me push that boundary a little further. Um, Being authentic is, I think, sometimes challenging in the workplace. Uh, So it's very fun to be able to do it.
2: Yeah, just going off what Joe said, um, like when you don't feel like. You can be yourself for like a certain client or for a certain like person within the company. I feel like you have to find that group where you can be or that person you can be too. So I feel like that allows you to have like that outlet in a professional environment to like express yourself to that certain group or person, whether it's like an LGBT group within um, the work environment or even just like another person who identifies in a community or um, accepts the community to like um, be your true self with.
0: Definitely, which I think matter has, uh, especially when it comes to being in like a creative space. I find that super important. I don't know if like Joe or Kyle can relate to what I'm saying there, but yeah, just being able to bounce those ideas off of another queer brain is like really important to me. And I'm glad that like matter and gusto gives that that space and arena um, for people to be able to even say that aloud. So I'm curious from a marketing perspective, you are also in the creative space in the writing capacity, but with marketing, I'm just curious how you go about that.
3: Yeah, I think like it depends on the client and also who I'm talking to internally. I think something about matter that's actually, it's not on purpose, I don't think, but just so happens a, a, a handful of people who are in leadership positions are queer. Um, and you know, they're interfacing with clients at a much higher level than I am. And so there's sort of like an, uh, a blanket or safety blanket within that, which is nice to have, like to have, I mean, having leadership and representation and leadership of any identity is really important, but especially as a queer person, I think that like that really helps. Um, especially when I first started, I started as a junior employee and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, And what are the politics? Like I knew the politics and the culture, but I didn't know where it quite like where it was appropriate, where it fit in. So seeing people in leadership positions who are authentically themselves, I think is like such a huge part of what makes me feel comfortable in the space and that they actively participate in those communities, whether it be the LGBTQ plus circle or just in conversation or I think like I was really ballsy one day and like messaged one of our BPs like, "Hey, my friend saw you at a drag show last time." <laughs> I was like, "I probably shouldn't like in any other hierarchical corporate world that probably wasn't the right move." But I was like, "I want to talk to them
1: about like who they saw." And, I love, yeah, that. whatever. That's big. So, I I eat that energy up. I have done many things. It was very in the first s-
3: six weeks that I was working here, and like didn't quite, you know, like like whatever. I'm just gonna say oh, hey. I
1: was in, a, <laughs> I was part of a rugby team, the gay inclusive rugby team in Boston, and I did like a fundraising drag show where I dressed up like basically a Harajuku girl and had a Sailor Moon wig. And like one of our leadership came, and I was talking about our bosses, Tim, and at the time Leo, and he was like, "Oh, they didn't come. You invited them." I was like, "Give me your phone. I'll text them." And then the next day, I was <laughs> like, "You just started working here." But then that blossomed into an inside joke, and now they all know probably too much about me.
0: <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't know if you all have been in a work environment like that, but I, I have not. Like, this is the first time I've ever been in a work environment that is so open about it. I used to live in Missouri prior. No shade, Missouri. <laughs> but the work, <laughs> yeah, you heard that oof. Real. <laughs> um yeah and it's just like a very different working environment, um, especially when it comes to to being your true authentic self in the workspace, um, especially a corporate
2: workspace. yeah, because matter is such like an open and accepting environment, I also feel like I can bring like my careerness to my work too mm-hmm. um, not specifically for like all clients, but um if I feel comfortable with those clients, like you know we especially Joe and I being in like the creative space, we put media out into the world. And I feel like that gives us this platform to educate and like show diversity. And it's like, sometimes we're tasked with um, choosing photos or like videos or even just like creating characters for certain work. And I try to always like, you know, show people of color and like queer people in, in the work as much as possible. And for like yeah certain clients and stuff like that. So I just feel like matter allowed me to, uh do 100% that. in my work, which is great.
0: I think we've all said it uh, in our own ways. You know, matter is such an inclusive space. But, you know, we've also possibly worked in spaces that haven't been. So I'm just curious if you all have uh, faced any type of work environment that just didn't feel as safe or inviting as matter has been. Um, yeah, like how did you face that? And how did you just navigate that? tension and awkwardness day-to-day?
1: I used to work out in Utah. My first job out of college was over there. And I was working uh, for a family of Mormons. Um, So it was a little uh, different from what I was used to.
0: (laughs) He said, "Uh, different? (laughs) Yeah, tell us
1: about it. I was a, a charismatic gay man. I have worked in like customer service. I worked at TJ Maxx. Growing up, I was mostly, like, people-facing, so I was good at talking to people, so I got put in charge of doing this, like, weekly presentation for all the, like, all of the, like, businesses in town. So we would go, and every Wednesday, a new business would present and, like, host, like, a little seminar, and I would go and sit down with all of these people who were very involved in the church, of which I was not. Um... And they would present on all of these different things about how the church is involved in their culture, like all of these things about family, which didn't necessarily apply to me. And my I had to talk to my boss because I had to take an hour and 45 minutes class on how a happy wife can lead to a happy life. And it was everyone in this group just sitting down and doing it. And I had to walk up to my boss and be like, hey. This isn't applicable to me um, for many reasons, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, And beyond that, it was just like a culture shock of like people being like, oh, like, come to church with me. Come do this. Come do this. I'm like, no, like, I love that for you guys. But like for me, I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to do some other stuff. Um, And they did their best to make me feel comfortable. But it was like a lot of older clients we had. Like, would ask me, Oh, you're single. Like, when are you going to get married? Like, where's your wife? Where's this? And I had to be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> like,
2: yeah.
1: I'm just an animator. I'm not looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so much more that isn't great in that. But basically, you know, like, I think going into a different culture like that and kind of fascinating myself in, maybe I should have done my research before moving to this little town <laughs> in the middle of of Utah, but I do look at it like a a testament to my queerness and a testament to like what I was looking for in life, because I went there and I came out, you know, ready to really like, I joined the rugby team, I joined all of these different things, I did drag, I did all of these, I don't know, random things that really let me lean into my gay side, which I hadn't done before, because I was in a bit of a gay desert.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh, what a time. Um happy you're free of that. Same. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, you've processed that in whatever form that you needed to therapy, karaoke, therapy 3 years branch, strong. However. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless our therapists. <laughs> I was doing um some work at the time with this company that had a studio space. And I would just kind of work like the soundboard for people who would have like shows or they needed a a space to just record in. And so we would get like the craziest inquiries all the time. And we got this one from this religious group, the topics that were being discussed. And you know, when I don't know, for people on that are listening that have run tech or that are in the production world. um, You know, if you're just being an engineer on those sessions, you're kind of like half listening, half like just doing your other work or answer emails or whatever you've got to do. Um, but man, I like could not not listen to what was going on. And I also wanted to stop listening so bad because the stuff was just so dark sided. And it was so triggering too because of my upbringing. And I was just like, man, this stuff isn't going to change. Like that's just so hard to know, you know, as much as I think like Queer cultures become, oh, I don't know, almost like a fad in some ways lately, but at the same time, like accepted. Um, of course, there's a lot of like legal stuff that needs to still be changed. But when it comes down to it, I think to know that like the church is still the church is, you know, it was just a, a interesting time because. At the same time I'm, like, running this session, these people are leaving the studio so hyped. Like, oh, that was killer. Like, we just killed that. (laughs) Like, we just, like, did the best recording ever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) trying to, like, keep up the spirit because, you know, you don't want them to be, like... Actually, that was really um, horrible and horrific and um, completely homophobic and slightly racist. But, yeah, you killed that session, bro. (laughs) Like, how do you... Yeah, I don't know. So it was a weird, it was like the weirdest moment I think I've had um, dealing with, with work and trying to be professional, but at the same time being really, really disturbed with what I was hearing.
3: So before I worked at Matter, I worked in nonprofit art sector, specifically with theaters, which are like queer meccas. I'm really lucky to like not have had kind of any experience like that. I think like, there have definitely been situations either within those companies or whatnot where I've sort of had to tamper down how outwardly queer I was being or like tone down the references to queer culture, which in and of itself is sort of like sad in a different way. Yeah, I think I was figuring out a lot about my identity and whatnot when I was working at this theater company and there were a lot of staff members who were queer and trans and queer people of color. And like, it was a really open environment, but then at the same time, it's like, Oh, am I, imp- am I an imposter? Like am I <laughs> trying to join this community? Cause I like the people or like what's going on. Um, so I think like it wasn't so much that like the workplace in of itself wasn't accepting, but then like, when you come to terms with a new identity or embrace a current identity how you integrate that into the into pre-existing communities I think can be really scary and so when I joined matter I was like no more we're not being scared we're just doing it (laughs) which I think was great but it was I think the benefit of like starting over at a new place gives you the freedom to sort of lean into that a bit more I love that I do love
2: that Blair
0: do you have an experience Kyle that you want to share
2: yeah. Um it's definitely not as intense as Joe's or yours, Jeanette, but <laughs> let's not mince words. I'm very happy that you haven't had to deal with that, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're on the same line as like Blair. Like never really had too much of like bad experiences in the work environment. Um I did like right out of college. Um and before I came to Gusso slash matter, um, I did work for an athletic department. So um, but in my college, so I was still in that very liberal college environment, um, but it was still like athletics and sports, which is very usually straight um, masculine.
4: masculine. Testosterone.
2: <laughs> exactly. I was lucky, though, at the uh, athletic, athletic department, though, because I worked for the marketing department and my boss was actually a gay man. So, so I was great. Um, So I had him as like a role model and like someone to talk to and we would always work together too. And like, so that was nice to have him. And then my uh, department head was actually a woman and everyone I worked with were women. (laughs) So it was like a little bubble in like this world of like sports. And I did have to like branch out to other departments within athletics and go to games. And I did feel myself like suppressing my like true self when I went to these certain situations and when i interacted with certain people because the department was so like overrun by like heterosexual sports enthusiast men so total opposite of me um so yeah i guess i never felt unsafe in the environment but i did feel like suppressed
0: i like, don't even know how to address that but i i feel like that's something to address in regards to that feeling of suppression um i think that's something many people in the queer community can relate to having, especially in the corporate world, having to suppress that. Again, I really don't think there's a way other than to just, I just want to address that that is a that is a reality. Um, so I hear you. Now that we've trauma dumped on all of you <laughs> listeners, let's get into the light stuff. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so I'm just curious, What do you tell people that ask how can they be like a better ally, especially for people that have like queer community, that they're close to family or their friends? Um, I think people are always trying to seek that out as advice.
2: Honestly, like educate yourself on like the issues of the LGBTQ plus community that are they're facing like nowadays and like what that individual might be facing that you aren't. And like learn about the culture and what makes the community like so vibrant, special. Yeah. And then also like educate yourself on what that specific person is facing in their specific community. Like as queer people, we all face like similar hardships and stuff like that. But some of the community, like specifically, like maybe like the trans community, they face like different and even more difficult scenarios that like me as a gay man doesn't so. Um, so yeah, I think just knowledge and education goes like a long way.
3: Something that I think about a lot, especially like with my own allyship with communities that I'm not a part of, but want to be supportive of, or what are the conversations you're having when that like marginalized group isn't in the room? I think it's really easy to be performative and be like, oh, well, there's a queer person sitting at the table. So we should talk about what's happening in Tennessee. Right. And it may come from a good place, but like, those conversations can happen outside of a queer person being at the table. And obviously you sh- should stay educated on that. But like, I think that's really important to like bring up those topics of conversation within environments that maybe they wouldn't normally be. It makes it more accessible. And also people are going to make mistakes when they're talking about stuff that they haven't, when it's not their lived experience. And I yeah. think not having like having the freedom to make those mistakes and then self-correct and like work through that sometimes without the magnifying glass of like the queer person sitting at the table is like maybe helpful. (laughs) Um, So I think about that a lot. Like what are the conversations you're having with your family, with your friends, you know, because like queer news isn't just, it's news. Exactly. Right. Like it's just the Mm -hmm. news. It just happens to be about queer people. Blair
0: for president. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I'm just gonna drop little nuggets
3: of
1: wisdom <laughs> <Devin> and then disappear. <laughs> An ethereal fairy That's great.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think all that all that is key. Um, and again, I can't emphasize enough, like the education portion because I think, and especially what you said, Blair, of like, Don't let the conversation only start because that queer person's in your face like that should be on your mind and in conversation all the time. If you want to really be an ally to that person or that community, I think those two things are so key. Um, And then from there, I think it's just that genuine support and love that you already have for that person. Just keep that going. You know, reality is like. Gay representation definitely has shifted since we've been kids. It's way more in mainstream media. But I think also, like, there are things that still need work, obviously. (laughs) So I'm just curious, like, what has that impact been like for you to see that shift from, you know, being younger and our inspirations when we were younger as well?
1: Um, I actually love thinking back to when I was a kid and, like, the shows I gravitated towards were all, like... If I had watched the originals that were released, like worldwide, like in Japan, they would have all been queer. Sailor Moon has queer characters throughout the whole thing. Cardcaptor Sakura has, it's basically an entirely queer cast. Like all of these very integral points of my magical girl upbringing were like all queer based. And I think because of those shows back in the day, we see their impact in things like Steven Universe or other cartoons coming out today. Like I'm very envious and happy for, you know, my nephew or other kids growing up right now because they have um a plethora of shows that have people of color, they have like queer representation, and it's not always done perfectly because, you know, there are there are leaps and bounds that need to be made to make characters you know, relatable and all of those things. But even the fact that we see, like, a marriage in Steven Universe between two female presenting gems or, like, whatever it be, it's very, very amazing. You know, Avatar The Last Airbender had a queer kiss at the end of Korra. Like, I don't think I ever really thought I would get to see that stuff. And I'm so happy that it's not all, like, the gay stereotype. That was what was in queer media for so long
3: yeah i was gonna bring up uh glee because we all loved glee we can't deny (laughs) it
1: i watched all of glee in the 2020 quarantine and i had never seen it before Uh and my sister was like are you okay (laughs) <laughs>
5: uh,
2: sorry go ahead
1: as a theater kid in middle school
3: glee was like god and
2: he was life
3: until this until the third season and then it got booted off of my watch list sure sure but i remember like chris colfer's character which like was revolutionary that they would televise a coming out story and like focus on this queer character he won a golden globe for the for his performance and now i think back to like that plot and that writing which at the time was so integral to the movement forward but like if you did that today it would not pass like it would not be what the community needs and it would not be representative of like the full breadth of a queer character which is, I think, so interesting to me. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's good. I think it's good that those characters don't work yes. anymore because it means that we've progressed past that. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to diminish like Chris Colfer's work. He did a great <laughs> job. He <laughs> sang so many good songs. Where are you listening? You. <laughs> um, you know. But I think that's like always really interesting. Because like I remember that making like such a huge impact on me and being like, yeah go gays and then being like 10 <laughs> years later being like mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah like going off of um what Blair and Joe just said um they were talking about like basically art and you know the visual world and i just think like me growing up that was very important like um like the art space um i was like always drawn to the arts i was always drawn to music um and I think it's just because it was such like a safe space for me and such a space space for a, a lot of people um, and like not even just like the LGBTQ plus community. I feel like anyone who just didn't identify with the, the mainstream is always like drawn to the art. And I don't know what the correlation is, but I, it's just always seems to be like that way. Um, and I think it's just because the community is just like a more open and like accepting community. Um, and yeah, so like I started uh early with like music classes and learning an instrument and i grew up in the environment of like music and bands and marching band and i always just felt like i belonged there and it had a lot to do with like the people who are also drawn to that like the people in the bands and the people in the classes um but also a lot to do with like the teachers i feel like every one of my like music or art teacher was very accepting and very open to everyone and like was like a friend you could go talk to rather than like a teacher like for me it'd be like by our teacher more specifically my band teacher like growing up in like high school my band director was um she always talked about lgbtq plus issues in class she like oversaw the lgbtq plus ally group in school um and yeah she we would always just like go after school and like hang out with her and like talk about our life And then on top of that, too, like my graphic design teacher in high school was the same way. And I think like both of these two people in my life, like led me to like my career in art, too, Um, because I felt like I felt safe and seen by these teachers. And I in my head, I was like, oh, then I'll feel the same way in a career in art, too. So I feel like that almost like led me to where I am today, which is cool. So I think just like art and queerness and the LGBTQ plus community always just go hand in hand to me. I know I just gravitate towards fictional characters because <laughs>
0: naturally, but I, it is also the characters in our lives, like teachers too, because those people just made such an impact on my day to day because we saw them all the time. <laughs> so it makes sense. I know we're talking a lot about work. Yes, it's a, A professional podcast, but let's go a little bit outside. (laughs) Um, What do you guys do to kind of
1: refill
0: yourself, your cup? Like, where are those spaces for you um, outside of work, possibly?
1: I'm part of a queer book club uh, based in um, Brookline, and it's been great. I'm reading stories that I normally wouldn't read. Like, I got to read this lovely coming-of-age story about two girls falling in love, We just read one about a trans woman kind of growing up and finding herself. And just I just love having the ability to do that and talk in a space where, you know, everyone's sharing their feelings and everyone is so smart that you get to learn from them.
3: Can you send me the link to that?
1: Yes, we can go together. It's every Monday, the first of the month. (laughs) Thank you. I was part of the rugby team in Boston, all inclusive. I don't play anymore because I like to run and rugby breaks so I have to try and run instead but I'm still really connected with them more niche but every Wednesday and a couple other day- days during the week sometimes I do play D&D where I get to full on do my own like I talk like this yes. and I'm a wizard <laughs> and I'm a himbo who's from Venice Beach and I cast spells that are based on poison and water and it is so fun to just like totally just be absolutely wild
3: I love that I do run a a bookstagram. It's, yeah, it's called the Blair book project. Cause (laughs) I love that. um, I've never seen.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) 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 Everyone's gagged. (laughs) Oh my God. That is amazing
3: Blair. But I, I ever, and it's really hard to like, want to, to find stories that you connect with. I think when you're in an academic environment. And so as like in my late twenties, I have found a whole like wealth of books and stories that I don't think I otherwise would have found. Um, And I, I think that's like, that's like my little private world where I get to like be in these stories and learn about these different perspectives, whether they're nonfiction or fiction or what have you. If anyone wants some queer wrecks, let me know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think books and then I do, I, I love a good drag race watch party. I think it's just fun. (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> the show is the show right season eight of all stars has been something um I grew up with that show like I started watching it when I was like 17 before I really knew what my identity was and so like it's just been this like constant background to like my evolution in in queerness and understanding like queer joy and so I've really appreciated that and I love sharing that experience and talking about it with other people and honestly like I just through theater, especially because I used to, (laughs) I'm a failed actor, used to meet so many queer people in and out of Boston and that I've remained really close with. And like, I think also navigating your early to mid 20s with people who are figuring out their identity or who are more settled in their identity and then kind of emerging from the other side with this like really deep connection is so helpful. Like, I just have a really great group of friends who I don't see that often in person because they've all scattered to the winds. But like, I can just text them at any point and be like, what is this feeling? What is this thing that I'm grappling with? And I think having that is something that is like really fills my cup is being able to discuss those things, um, whatever I'm going through or hashing it out with whatever someone else is going through. And then like, I'm really proud of my friends too, for like the queer journeys that they've been on. Because that's like, you know, it's just
1: beautiful to watch.
0: Woo, Blair, oh, Blair, we got to get a cup of tea, girl. (laughs) 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 I relate to so much of what you're saying. And I think the same, like, if it wasn't for the community that I have to be able to just express those feelings and confusion and all of those things that you expressed. I think that it would be a different story for me. So, yeah, it's just like important everything you just said and i just want to
2: reiterate it i live in the heart of boston i'm in my 20s so i like to go a little oh, yeah, wild I on know. the weekends
4: <laughs> that's um, right you're hearing it <laughs>
2: Only on the we- only on the
3: weekends. Don't yeah. I the elders in the scenario. <laughs> I know all the elders want to call me and
0: like, that's right, young one. <laughs> I don't
3: think I could go into Club Cafe without bursting into okay, dust. Okay.
2: <laughs> Club Cafe is not not great anymore, though. I know.
0: It's never been.
5: Truth.
2: <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't I planning like, on it. Yeah, do not. <laughs> but I live like smack in the center of Boston, in, bet- in between Club Cafe and like Legacy, like the two gay bigger gay clubs in boston so you can find me there on some weekends and then also literally in my neighborhood um there's like a drag cabaret bar that's like this historic drag cabaret bar that's like really famous and if you know katya from recalls drag race she started the cabaret then, oh, we've all been uh, jocks, come on oh yeah <laughs> team trip to Jocks. <laughs> yes, it was so fun that's also where like I met my group you know I met some of my like closest friends now uh the boys as we call them okay um, <laughs> and uh yeah I've never had really any like close like gay friends before now to be honest like going through high school and college like yeah I never really had and it was all like my like girlfriends you know so uh this is like my first group that I like gay friends and it's like been pretty like life-changing and eye-opening so that's been great to like go out with them and go like p-town trips with them since p-town's right there and yeah it's been awesome
0: i love that kyle my last question for you all i'm just curious like what is it that you would tell your younger self um what do you know now that you wish you would have known growing up
2: so i think i would just tell my younger self to just like trust who you are and accept yourself sooner if possible um and that like your feelings are valid and You shouldn't like question those feelings. Um, like I went years knowing I was like to some degree gay, but it took me a while to like fully accept like my queerness and actually start implementing that into my life. Um, so yeah, I guess I would just tell myself like, like trust yourself, like trust who you are, even though it might be very confusing. And then it's going to be like a long process to like fully discover yourself. But in the end, you'll like find that group of people and like find kind of who you are. Yeah. And then on top of that, I guess just. Find that group and like find the environments that um, encourage you to be like your true self and like don't give time to those that like don't and then that, that will help you like find your authentic self faster.
0: I love that, Kyle. I feel like RuPaul. I wish I had, like, photos of you guys. Like, Joe, this is three-year-old Joe. (laughs) What could you tell the three-year-old Joe if you could talk to him today? Like, that's how I feel. Oh, my God.
2: We should have planned that.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to think about it too long today, but I am very upset that I didn't do that. Okay. (laughs) But Blair, Joe, did you have anything you wanted to share? I think uh first,
3: please don't straighten your hair. Don't do that. <laughs> 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 Just don't. High school is rough. Um mm-hmm. but I think that like ties into what Kyle is saying, like being your authentic self. And like for me, my queerness is not the loudest part of my personality or the loudest part of who I am. And I think that's okay too. Um, I was really lucky that I grew up my best friend was gay, and a lot of my friends are queer. Just so happens. Uh, Wasn't intentional, <laughs> um, and there, some of them are very loud about it, and that's great. And some people are quiet about it, and that's also fine. Like there's, there, there's a lot of pressure to be like big about it, and for some people that doesn't work, and for me it doesn't really work. There's no expectation of it needing to be a certain way, especially I think as like a bi woman, like you're not too straight, you're not too gay. Like there's, you just are, you just are the person that you are,
0: and that's perfectly fine.
3: And perfectly good. I love that a lot.
0: Yeah, I feel like I can resonate some too again, Blair. Because I think I would tell myself, like, just don't give a about those labels (laughs) like just don't just don't care I think for so that was like my biggest battle for so long were those labels because I didn't understand like what that feeling was supposed to be and if I couldn't I'm a very like logical person so if I couldn't name it it didn't exist I was like this doesn't this doesn't fit me then because I can't figure out the label but at the end of the day like I just wish I would have not cared so much even within the community there is that divide. So, you know, it, t- it took way longer because I think those labels were so overwhelming for me. And at the end of the day, it's like, I know what I feel. And I think that should be the important part is just following what you feel.
1: Mm-hmm. I resonate with that a lot. I think a lot about one of my favorite quotes. Again, it's from Sailor Moon. Sorry. She basically in the manga is saying, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people. Like everyone on this planet is a person and we should all like, we're all the same inside. We're all built the same, but it's difficult for us to like get along and it should be that way. And I think just thinking like my younger self, like we're all people. Like, why are you stressing about all of this stuff? You like watching anime. You like being weird. You like playing in the woods with swords. Like all of these things are fine. (laughs) Like you can do that and it's going to be fine. And I'm also not like, I think, In the same vein as you blair like i'm not a very like i don't know how to put it i'm not like a loud gay i guess like i dress very flamboyantly at times because i love bright colors and i love just like you know being loud and fun in that way but i'm not necessarily like flaunting it all the time and that's okay i like reading a book in the garden and like having tea and trying to go growing plants and then killing them because I suck at it. But like there's many facets (laughs) to all of these things that aren't necessarily totally queer coded, but they are Joe coded and that's okay. I think at the end of the day, just being yourself and being human is the basis of everything.
3: I love that Joe coded.
0: Oh, I know. I that, what, that. A, what a finale. <laughs> I know. Um, is there anything else people want to add or share or last? Final words.
1: Oh, just thought this was wonderful. Yeah. This, this is fun. This is the best the hour of my week. I'm putting, I'm putting my bed <laughs> down right now. <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> I asked other members of the LGBTQ Circle at Matter to tell us about their experiences being queer in the corporate world, as well as what they wished they could tell their younger selves. Here's what they had to say. Renee
6: Smith. I think that for my career, showing up how I show up, which is definitely more stereotypically lesbian, you know, shorter hair and and dressing a particular way. How I present in a corporate environment, I'm sort of already assumed. I've navigated it different ways in the past. And I'm always somebody who is going to be unapologetically me and who I am. I've found that at Matter, I have to consider that less, which is a great relief. I've had other working experiences where I think there's a a tone of difference created. um, But at Matter, it feels like a culture of pretty wide Uh, range acceptance and and understanding related to things so it's almost not questioned Um, it's very much I think the people that make up matter that have helped me feel this way Like um, the people I work with on a day to day are just people who are very understanding and accepting to a point where I think I'm a little bit privileged in some of my career where I'm able to forget that it's a part of of my makeup sometimes it's like how you have to lead or just like the biggest defining part of you but it doesn't always feel that way here so Not to be cliche, but representation really does matter. I think at a young age, I fought so much of my identity because I only saw these really caricatured versions of lesbians in the world, and it wasn't anything that I wanted to be. So if I could show my younger self that, you know, I've managed to create a successful career, I've managed to have a healthy relationship with my partner, we, you know, have a house together and many pets and a little family, All of that, as simple as it sounds, felt unobtainable for most of my life. Andrew Doucette.
5: It's very interesting, just like in the corporate world, knowing that there are so many different people out in this world that have different perspectives and different ideas. And I've been trying to navigate this whole experience of who I am for a very long time. Um, fresh out of college, went into the corporate world right away and had less than a stellar experience when it came to workplace comfortability and being who I am fully. Um, the organization itself was was great as a company, but there were people, individuals that just weren't as welcoming. Um, and that was a very difficult time to be able to like be able to do my job and wanting to be the, my, my true self, who I really am. And that was a lot of burden to have on you, be, needing to be able to check in with what you're saying and how you're saying and how you're presenting yourself is as is, is a burden. And so being able to come here to matter, um, I remember within my first week introducing myself and right, a, right away just making the making the connection that I can speak about my husband was a big part of of who I am. And being able just to be like, hey, yeah, like I'm married to a guy and like, just like as a normal conversation. And it wasn't picked up as being weird or awkward. It was just a normal, regular conversation. People are married, people are not. And it kind of just like set the precedent that I can really be who I want to be here. And that I don't need to be worried about what I'm going to say or how I'm going to present myself. Um, and I've, I've even been able to have a little bit more confidence in who I am because I'm, I, I paint my nails now, which is really, it's like something that I used to never do. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do out in public. Um, and so it's been really nice to be able to have that sort of feeling that I can I can do what I want to do and that it's going to be celebrated and it's not going to be questioned. Growing up um, as a millennial, there wasn't really any representation when I was younger. The shows that I was watching, the books I was reading, the conversations that I was a part of, never really dove into this side of me that I was keeping a secret for so long. And it wasn't until I became a young, a younger adult that I started to realize there are actually people out there that are trying to represent who I am, and. Um, so if I had to tell my younger self, it's it would be not not to be scared. Don't be scared of of what what this future is gonna bring for you because you never know what it's gonna bring. And in the moment it's, it could sound scary, it can be scary with, with the with the unknown. Um, but know that there are people that are gonna have your side. There are people big and small, people in very high positions, people in lower positions that can really be a voice for you and they're gonna support you. Um, and that's just really, really important to know when you're when you're younger and you're struggling sometimes.
7: Ayana Metha. Now it's, you know, and it will continue to be more accepted than ever. And I can really, truly feel myself. I think I'm blessed to be on a team in in a major city where it's so widely accepted and normalized and not people don't think about it twice. Um, I think if anything, it kind of affects the way I kind of present myself, kind of like taking a more conservative approach and not like maybe showing like who I, tr- not truly am, but kind of like taming myself down and what I say in the workplace and a bit how I dress. Um, um, I think in my case, it's like, I don't dress um, necessarily nice enough. Like I like to be comfortable. I like to be like, you know, myself. So I, and I, you know refuse to kind of sacrifice that part of me just to adhere to um a corporate workspace but with that being said um i really enjoy working at matter and the space that it's given me i feel like i can truly be comfortable um i feel like maybe at another place or other spaces around you know the country other people don't feel like that um but i feel blessed to be in a spot, in a place where I'm just like, very comfortable and unapologetic for being myself. I would say, this sounds so generic and boring, but like obviously, you know, it's okay to be yourself. I think I was so fearful when I was young, like what it meant to be different. And that comes from like, growing up in a conservative area where it was you know as, and also as a person of color like you know i already felt different so to be different twice to be like a double minority stressed me out and i was kind of fearful to oh am i making my life more difficult than it has to be but i also can't change who i am um so i think it's just you know really realizing like it's okay to be yourself you're only going to regret it if you don't live as your true self And similar to what Renee had said, um, was representation is important. I didn't realize I was queer until I saw TV shows that had queer characters until I realized that like, Hey, I think I'm like that, you know, and I didn't see it in person, you know, in the area I was in. So I just didn't even know about it. And then, um, I sort of realized through representation on TV and movies, through some of the celebrities that I follow that. You know, it's okay to be different and it's normalized.
4: Natalie Colonna. So I, I do think that um, probably most people at Matter that have experienced other agency life or worked with in other companies, definitely, I don't want to say a trauma experience, but I've definitely had moments where they've kind of second guessed what they're doing there basically. And that's due to the fact that there's just like, it's not a welcoming environment. It's not an open, you don't have an open platform for conversations. Um, and MATTER does a great job of allowing folks that opportunity um, to kind of speak up and not stay clear of hiding their, their personal life at home, which I don't think anybody should have to do in the workplace. Don't be afraid of, of change. I think like when I look back on my younger self, there's just, I, was, I think maybe a completely different person had different beliefs and morals. And then like you start to really live life, you start to meet other people, and then you just, there's a lot more doors that are opened, um, and you just kind of begin to see things differently.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Going Rounds. I hope you feel like you learned a little bit more about the crew community of Gusto and of Matter. And I hope that this episode really helped kick off your Pride Month. Get into it, ladies. I want to give one last special shout out to our Matter family who joined us on the air today. Our music for this episode was composed by Rick Berlin. Thanks so much, Rick. You're the best. If you ever want to talk to us, please don't be a stranger. Email us at hello at letsgusto.com. We can't wait to bring you more perspectives from our staff and other creatives that inspire us. Until then, bye!